0: What's going on, everybody? My name's Dallas. You're listening to Vic Food Stories. And this is the place where we talk about food in and around Victoria, British Columbia. And today, I'm in one of my favorite places. I'm at the new location of Ithaca here with Dimitri. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Doing very well. This this has been a long time coming. Like when you first told me that you guys were going to be moving, I was so curious where it was going to be because you kept it under like lock and key. You didn't want anybody to know. And then he brought me in and I got to see before this place was done. And just seeing the transformation that's happened and what it looks like now, this space, um, I mean, what does it feel like to come into this new space moving from the old location?
1: Well, I'm going to jog your memory a little bit because I can't remember exactly the date. Um, I, I think we had arranged to have a coffee date. So I wanted to share some ideas with you about something I had. Oh way back
0: in Otavio. Yeah. We went there. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was in like February.
1: That was in February. So my thought was, because I knew you were doing, you know, the podcast and uh so on and so forth. And you know, I'd I'd come and had a look at the place with my wife um and my family in, in January. Um and it was everything was kind of very preliminary, but my thinking was i I thought about you and I thought, "Hey, why don't I have Dallas you know maybe come and have a look before we do anything to my new location and that got my mind kind of you know thinking and then I reached out, we had a call, I had a, we had a coffee together at Otavio. I talked to you about it, I couldn't give you all the details because nothing was a, a, a slam dunk at that point. But I remember being very excited to share that with you, and I thought maybe you might be interested in seeing like a before and after, you know, situation. And, uh, you know, I expressed to you like some of the ideas I had, like... You know, this restaurant would have a lot more space. I'd have like a bar compared to the old, you know, location, so on and so forth. And, you know, you kept kind of digging to get some information off of me as to, you know, where it was or what it was going to be. And, you know, you were interested. And then all of a sudden, as you know, things in the world changed.
0: Because you didn't sign like the lease for this place before COVID hit, really. No, at all right no it was like after we, that
1: yeah so what happened was is that um you know our place was at some point you know on the block to be uh, uh become a development you know mm-hmm. it was it was really hard because we would have our customers coming in for dinner and we're you know very engaging with our, our guests and you know we have our you know regulars as well as people visiting but you know, our regulars would be coming in and I'd be like hey how's everything going tonight nice to see you uh how are you enjoying your your dinners tonight and people would be like there's that sign outside your building like what's ha- what's happening with your place and I'd be like uh you know and it just was like on top of everything else you're dealing with running a, a busy place um you know this is something that you don't want to be dealing with those like posters all around the block that you know, there's a new proposed development coming, right? So yeah, that was uh, you know, unnerving because, you know, for myself, I just want to go in and do my job, want to take care of the people, want to feed them, you know, make them happy and so on and so forth. And kind of knowing that in the future, like, where are you gonna be, where are you gonna go? It's it's not a very pleasant uh you know thing to be having to deal with
0: well that uncertainty is not it's not calming is having that sort of above your head oh and no so would you have would you guys still be in that location if things weren't sort of going to be changing there in the future or do you think you would have moved at some point
1: no actually there was a bunch of different scenarios that were unfolding um for us um we had people um approach us about places that uh um this was even actually pre-COVID places that were closing or people that, you know, just like there was a situation where someone just walked away from their, their lease or whatever and stuff. And someone asked me if I wanted to go into, you know, that space and they would make it very attractive for me to go in, but I wasn't, it wasn't something on my radar. It was basically the same size approximately that we have, you know, at the old location. Um, Then we looked at a new development within, um, you know, a new uh, condo that was being built. Um, But but one, it was extremely expensive. Um, There would have been maybe from, let's say, 80 seats, maybe there would have been 100 seats per se. But just the way of the size of the space, like I didn't, like if the space would have been like, Perfect, like the way you wanted it, then maybe, but it just, it, um, the price tag and how the spacing was w- wasn't the right fit, you know, for me. And then I looked at another place actually, um, very close to here, uh, that was another different kind of ethnic restaurant, but again, it was the same size. And then I was looking at the pictures in the kitchen and I was like, uh, you know, so nothing really had total appeal to me. Um, what ended up happening was I actually had my, my mom, because we're good friends with the uh, Mavricos family. So George Mavricos, one of the brothers that, you know, introduced Victoria to, to Romeo's, um, you know, pizza. Um, so he's in in Nanaimo now and he has a restaurant called Milano's and he's the owner of this building. He had called my mom and said, hey, you know, my building's vacant. Would you be interested in, you know, uh, you know taking it over? I think it would be the perfect place for Ithaca.
0: And for people that don't know where we're talking about right now, this used to be Milos.
1: This used to be Milos, yes. This is uh, at 716 uh, Burdett Avenue, right beside the Chateau Victoria, right across from the Devil uh, Tree Hilton and basically right behind you know, the Empress Hotel. I used to to be a busboy here in 1991.
0: Oh, really?
2: Yeah. Full circle.
1: Full circle, yeah. So my mom was like, hey, George wants to talk to to us about Milos. And I said, no. She's like, no, you're not even interested. And I said, well, said it's too big. It's like a hundred and like sixty five hundred and seventy seats or whatever. So I said, I just want like eighty to hundred. I don't want to go too much bigger than what we're at. So I go home and I went to bed that night and I had a, just a terrible sleep. You know, I had this terrible sleep and I'm like tossing and turning, and I wake up in a cold sweat. I had this vision in this dream that someone else took over this place spent some money fixed it up gave it some love and their food maybe wasn't like what our food was or whatever but because they were the only greek family owned and operated restaurant like in the downtown core they had basically took over my my client base sort of thing right and so then i called george i said george said, I need to have a, come and have a look at the place. So I came down, I met with George, I, met, I, I came down with my wife, I met his wife, Dina, and uh, yeah, I walked through this place and, you know, honestly speaking, like no one had been here in a year. Um, it was uh, not in the most impressive, you know, condition when I, you know, came across it.
0: But um I mean when I saw it, it definitely needed some loving and care. And it's y- a big space, like it's immense.
1: <laughs> I remember when you came in the first time and I wish I would have had a picture of your face because you were like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> so Yeah, but this is where vision comes in because you knew what uh, it could be.
1: Well, yeah. So look, we so my wife Edith um Edith Jean, who used to work at the at the Fairmont. Uh, she was a conference services manager in January. She tells me, I want to come work, you know, with you. Um, so I said, okay, we'll give it a shot. You know, if you like working with me, fantastic. But if it's not for you, then you know, you're going to have to find something else. But let's, you know, let's try it. So she really had a hand, you know, as you look around. and know later you'll show some angles of the restaurant and stuff. And like how the look and feel of the restaurant. I, of course, had my, you know, Greek kind of... Key influence things that I wanted to have incorporated. But um I had also seen this place like back in the early 80s, 90s. And, you know, it didn't look exactly like this, but it was white and blue, like the traditional Greek colors, you know, the Greek island kind of look. And we just kind of, you know, went to town with a, you know, Santorini, Mamma Mia kind of look. And everyone that walks in here, like, loves the curves and the angles and you know the elements like you know we have these you know timbers on the ceiling here in the lounge that are just gorgeous and
0: so on and so forth so and you did keep some of the artwork
1: because yeah. there, was, there was a bunch
0: more artwork in here but you kept certain ones yeah
1: i wanted to keep this one here uh there's a mural here in the lounge and that was um in the early 80s and um George is there in the uh the Greek uh, white uh, jumpsuit costume there dancing with folk dancers and uh the the funny thing is is that the fellow on the end there um he was uh one of the head waiters here for George and I went to Greek school with George's kids as well as all the Mavricos family's kids and others in the Greek community and Frank and Yanula, Yanula and Frank, uh, after Milos, they went and opened up Paceros, which we bought and transformed to Ithaca. So there's a lot of history in that picture. So I wanted to keep certain
0: things. That's amazing. And for anyone watching, I'm going to put a photo up or not watching. There's going to be a photo of that mural up on the video that you'll be able to see what he's talking about. But I didn't realize that that photo represents so much. Yeah. That's 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 really cool. I mean that's so like you explaining that, that's the whole reason why I want to do these podcasts. Yeah. Because people could see that that picture and, and never have no idea there's actual meaning behind it. And another thing that I find really, really cool is the actual meaning of the word Ithaca and how it pertains to your family. And it does just there's so much meaning behind that. I'm wondering if you could sort of share that story. Well And I guess start start with what Ithaca means.
1: Okay. So Ithaca is um uh of the of homer's uh, uh epic uh uh poem you know the odyssey so the odyssey is the uh the the story of of the journey you know so you know the greeks you know you know life is is all about you know the journey because you know there's of course there's going to be the ups and the downs in life and the people you connect with and people you're with all the time, your family or friends, um, you know, so often, you know, especially in, in in difficult times like we're going through, you know, now, maybe a year and a half ago, there was actually a really great time that you were going through, but didn't maybe seem much to you then but now you're saying oh my gosh like do you remember when we were with like you know gary and susan and we were like we were just we're on that you know tinner aluminum boat on the shanagan lake the four of us you know two feet apart from each other and we're like fishing well of course we can't (laughs) you can't do that now but maybe at the time it just was like another ho-hum you know camping weekend but like now looking back on your life you might say like that was like super you know fantastic so with the odyssey itself like the poem it's like a 400 page poem um one of the things that i think is very neat about you know some of the ancient you know greek literary works is that that poem like yes it was Later, like, chiseled and inscribed or whatever and stuff. But that was originally, like, told orally. Like, the 400 pages of poem was recited by memorization from one person to the next. And it was, you know, one of the most famous, you know, pieces. So, um, yeah, I look to my own journey. You know, I have behind me, I have, my saxophone from my Claremont band uh when I was in grade 9 and 10 and uh you know with that saxophone I went to San Francisco with the high school band and you know performed in San Francisco with Claremont and I remember those numerous victoria you know day you know celebrations and we had our outfits and of you know the american bands would come and they had like crazy ridiculous outfits because they were all like for football teams and the states but you know we still tried to represent you know but we would start walking by mayfair that's where the the parade did you ever do the parade no okay so you had to start by mayfair mall and you had to go all the way down in march playing and you would stop here really at this corner yeah that's far (laughs) yeah so i remember when i was in grade nine funny milos related story so i finish and i had five bucks in my pocket so i had five bucks and i knew where milos was now the funny thing is is i knew the people that had milos but i was a little bit shy when i was in grade nine So I walked up to the restaurant in my band costume, my saxophone, and I came here, and where this patio outside here is, it was enclosed. So I went down, and I'm looking now at the menu, and I can't can't afford anything. (laughs) So the only thing I could afford was a bowl of Greek lemon soup. I had enough money for that. And so they brought me a basket of bread, so I ate my soup and I had more bread and then ordered another basket of bread because I asked if it was complimentary. They said, yeah. And I ate my soup, I had my five bucks and I left, but that's part of the reason why I have that saxophone because there's a little bit of a story kind of ties into like, you know, full circle, you know, of the journey.
0: Yeah. I mean, so that was one thing that stuck with me though, was the meaning of Ithaca, how it's, and I'll, I'll try and like sort of, I guess put it in very short short terms but uh it's basically like your accomplishment but it's not the the goal itself that you get to at the end it's the journey that you have to get to that point and the experiences and what you learn during that time like that's what Ithaca is right
1: yeah and and again going back to the home like the odyssey with king odysseus he left he was supposed to be gone for 10 years he leaves for 10 years he goes and fights with the other kings to rescue helen of troy so he's in troy he wins the battle with troy and the hero of the battle was achilles but odysseus was clever he was the mastermind of it all but when he won that deciding battle in troy and they burned troy to the ground with the trojan horse and all that sort of stuff he desecrated the paul the temple of apollo and then he cursed the gods and he says i'm odysseus you know and so that's something i always try and keep in check with myself and also with my team is that you know like with Done well, we've been well received, we've had fantastic awards over the years, this and that, but it's so important to stay on a level, you know, frame of mind. In the example of King Odysseus, he was so excited about winning the battle and he was telling the gods, I don't need you. That's why he couldn't get back to Ithaca because Poseidon made the sea angry and so forth. He lost his men, he lost his ships. Then he was stuck with the sirens. The sirens were seducing him, uh, so on and so forth. But it's basically you begin at a point and actually you come back where you started. And sometimes in life, we feel like, oh, I've never gone anywhere. And it's like, actually, you have. You just have to give some thought and, like, you know, maybe, you know, we don't appreciate this part here. You know, but when you go and do the full lap, you say, hey, you know what? That was pretty nice. That was pretty good what we had going on there. But it's just kind of, you know, someone who's playing that, you know, high stakes poker kind of thing or whatever. And like they're always, you know, betting that big, you know, pushing all the chips and they, they don't have anything in their hands sort of thing. Right? It's like, well,
0: once, twice, <laughs> you know, so. Because yeah. you guys like as a family – you you were in Victoria, you left, and then you came back.
1: Yeah, we did that a couple of times. Oh, a we, couple of times. We did that a couple of times because um, we had a restaurant in Kenora, Ontario. So that's the original restaurant. So Was that some, the Plaza? That's the Plaza. Yeah, we've had that since 1969.
0: And so your your parents sis- opened that, right?
1: Opened that. Uh, my sister and I, my sister Tina and I took that over in 2004. Um, and four. And I was with her for about eight years there. And I just, you know, needed a change of scenery. Like Kinara is, you know, a beautiful place. But the minus 40 in the winter kind of leaves a little bit to be desired, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I ended up coming here for a visit. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to stay out here. And uh, that was it. But then my other sister right now who's visiting and taking care of my dad, you know, she lives in Greece in my mom's hometown. and. Her and her husband also have a cafe. So they have a cafe. I've showed you some pictures. It's, you know, on this beautiful harbor of Nafpaktos. Uh It's right on the water. You, you know, have all these boats and this Venetian castle-like harbor, you know, right in front of you. But, you know, all of the family has been involved in restaurants and feeding people and being hospitable, you know. That's all I can remember from my, you know, my earliest memories.
0: That's one of the things that stands out to me every time I've been to Ithaca. Like I've walked in, and it's not uncommon to be greeted with "Welcome to my family's restaurant." Yeah, that that's it. Just through you and your family, um, just Greek culture and the hospitality being shown to me is like is like paramount. It's like a pillar of, of, it seems like, of Greek culture, based on what you've told me and what I've experienced.
1: Well, I was researching once upon a time, and apparently where the origin of of Greek hospitality kind of really kicked in was that uh, actually Zeus, you know, and from ancient Greek mythology had... um, had something to do with that because apparently it was said that if you weren't a good host to a stranger to a stranger not a friend or a family member to a stranger and you didn't take them in and feed them and take care of them and clothe them or whatever you would be punished by zeus so i'm thinking like in those ancient times you know maybe like very very vivid uh imagination or whatever by whoever was telling these you know, stories over a couple of glasses or maybe vases of wine um, came up with that. And maybe the simpler people just took it to heart and and went with it. But I, I know even as a, as a kid, and, and it's not uncommon with Italians or, you know, other uh, ethnicities or whatever in terms of hospitalities, but I know as far as the Greeks go and we do have guests, you know, we would you know, of course have the table the 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 house clean, we'd have you know food and appetizers and wine, and you know more food than you know you really knew what you know would be needed for that evening um but uh, yeah, it's just i I don't know any other way, like with the Greeks, like even if it's like we're just stopping by for a coffee. Three hours later, we're we there, like you know, eating and drinking, and it's not uncommon to just stay the night because you know, I I from my honeymoon I went with my wife uh, Edith uh, last summer to Greece. We had a lovely lovely honeymoon. We went to Santorini, we went to Corfu, uh, and we were in Nafpaktos as well. But we were only in Nafpaktos for like four or five days. We went for two weeks, and then the rest of the time we were on those two other islands, but. It's so hard to go to Greece to visit my relatives and family because everybody wants to see you and a coffee will not suffice. Like they're going to roll out the carpet and bring all the food and cook for you and like, you know, you know, go grab a chicken and, you know, whatever, you know, you know, it is like you're really like royalty. So I'm not saying that that's what we do every single guest that, you know, comes in, but. One of the things I find with the hospitality industry in all of my travels, not just, you know, in Victoria or in Canada or the States or internationally or what have you, is that there's kind of two camps. There's service and there's hospitality. So the thing with service is that there are many places that give really good service many places there's some medium some not so good and so on and so forth but how many places can you think of not not just here locally but generally speaking can you recall where you've had fantastic hospitality and where you were felt to feel so welcome and you know were appreciated that you came you know to that place and you kind of left feeling like you were part of the family And I I know you do have a few of those places because we, you know, you and I have talked about that. But I mean, the service people are like sometimes even pre code. They're like, but we're giving all this great service, and we're yeah. But I mean, there's other places giving good service, but like what sets it apart from like that experience where people are like, you know what? Oh my God, we went to so and so's place, And, and I there's a couple of places that I do go to, and I and I do get that you know, from those particular places. And there's other places I just go because I like the food or, you know, the service or whatever. But I mean, that for me, the emphasis should be on hospitality. You know, yes, you can't, you, you know, not to give have hospitality, but no service. But I mean, oftentimes it's just this focus is on service. And it's like, well, there's so if you, like if 50 you had to, options.
0: If you had to define them like service is that just going through the motion of just providing like making sure someone has their water filled and all that kind of stuff yeah and hospitality is like a warmth is that or how, well, would, how would you describe hospitality then
1: well hospitality i think to me is having someone come in and greeting them welcoming them have them come into your you know Place of business, whatever it can be. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. It could be a hotel. It could be a um, place that has a bakery or so on and so forth. But I just find the engagement between humans sometimes, like the business like stuff, it's kind of cold.
0: So it doesn't feel necessarily like, would you say, like genuine or authentic?
1: Yeah. You know,
0: it's because I, I will say that everyone I've ever talked to that's come to Ithaca, like at the old location, yeah everyone leaves and they legitimately feel like they've been to your house because like when they see your mom and she's yeah. making the food and she'll bring it out sometimes or whatever, yeah. and it's just like people feel like they've been in your living room yeah. just they've been welcome welcomed in, and there's just a warmth to the room and just the whole experience everything about it there's there's like a there's a presence there
1: yeah i I don't know i I, I, I love having good service, but there's there's just another whole gear when I've had the good hospitality with good service. And I don't want it to be confused with me having fantastic hospitality, but they're just, you know, throwing stuff on the table or, you know, making a mess or sloppy or the place is messier, it's, you know, not clean. But it's like, yeah, I'm I'm coming to your house. So what, you what do you
0: think is the number one pillar for hospitality? If you had to choose one thing, whatever that means to you, what would you say that one thing is to be able well, to provide good hospitality?
1: You know, I think it's the, I think it's the, I think you need to have a passion for it, right? Like I, I, I can see like, you know, two servers, for example, and one of them can give really, really fantastic service. It could be anywhere, any restaurant, I'm not picking anybody or saying anything or what have you. Um, but that server in their mind might be like, you know what? I, I bought these boots last weekend and I need to make like $250 in tips. So I need to like, you know, flip my tables really, really fast because I want to make a lot of tips. And if I give good service, I'll get that $250. Where people that understand hospitality and have that blend of hospitality with, you know, attentive service you know if they're not focusing on that carrot per se and they're just doing what they need to do all the good things will come and my what i mean all the good things is that you know usually the customer will acknowledge the 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 experience that they had the customer might in the future be like you know what when i come i'd like to have um you know, Dimitri Kayados or Tasso or Pat or Lana or whoever, you know, one of the servers. I'd like to be in their section next time because people do call and ask to have certain servers, you know,
0: take care of them. I don't think I've ever heard anyone mention that. Yeah. About their restaurant that yeah. people request. People request to be in certain person's section. They yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone yeah. mention that.
1: Yeah. It, it does happen. It, it does like I know someone, for example, that's really sh-
0: cool though, especially I would imagine if you're one of those people that is being requested. Yeah. There's that, I mean, there's some type of relationship or connection that's happened there. Yeah. That's I'll, cool. I'll
1: give you an example. Um, my friend, um, uh, Tim Petropolis, Um he's a managing partner up at the um, Fireside Grill, One, um, and I don't get out as much as I would like, but... When I do go out, you know, we'll we'll go there sometimes, my wife and I are my family. But there's one server there. His name is TJ. He's got the hospitality. Shout out to TJ. Shout out to TJ. Doing a great job. And the thing is, is that he engages with his guests and, you know, his his service is on point. Um, He 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 always you know is is so relaxed even though it's like you know crazy busy or whatever and stuff like that um but this person loves what he does you know so again it's not taking away anyone from like a don't want servers who you know out there that are you know giving you know service that's really great and they're like oh you know but i mean i remember tj I remember Dimitri, I remember Lana, I remember Pat, you know, those are the people that people are coming, you know, in for and wanting that. So I guess, you know, hospitality for me really connects with memory, Mm. right? I like that. Because you can have had really fantastic service at a place and say, oh, I went there and you're like, well, what's your, what's your, what was your server's name? I don't know. The service was great, right? But the hospitality connects to a memory, connects to an experience, and the reward is those people will go back for that.
0: Right? One, of, one of my top three meals of all time was at a restaurant in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, and I think maybe like a third to half of the experience, why it's, that, why it's one of my favorites, is because of the bartender sitting at the bar and interacting with her. This, the that there was something that was just another layer added on top of the amazing food and what they were doing there but it's that whole experience of her like customizing um like drink pairings with yeah. all my with all my food just randomly but yeah. it was it was the conversation it was the knowledge the hospitality it was really just hospitality yeah. that's perfect the perfect way to describe it but that <laughs> that took it to another level
1: well again that person giving really good service when the moment they have a free time, they're picking up their cell phone and where we're going to be, go later for a drink or where we're, you know, but the same time it took to do that, that server could have came to you and said, Hey, you know what you guys, you know, there's a really, you know, fun place called, um, you know, a little jumbo when I have guests coming from out of town would like to go there. They do a great job over there. we go and have a, a cocktail or something like that. But I mean, I may have not known as someone visiting that cool little place or that cool little coffee shop or what have you. But I mean, if they've already had a nice experience with me and now I'm vouching because of my own personal, not you know necessarily the media, social media stuff or whatever, that that's a nice place and they go there. I've had oftentimes people come back and say, Oh my God, you know, we went to that place. We had a lot of fun. Now that's just, you know, building like momentum, like, you know, there's some, there's no, it's not uncommon for people to come in normal times. And they were like, Hey, we're coming up like every four months or every six months. Cause you know, some of our neighbors to the South are close and they can do that. And they said, well, Ithaca is like on the list of the places we're going to go visit, you know, and you know, I might tell them to go somewhere else because even for me here, some people were saying, oh, well, you're opening up and there's all this competition for other restaurants. And I'm like, well, these guys are all my neighbors, right? And, you know, it's very important for everyone right now, you know, to whatever capacity they can to um be supportive of, you know, the restaurant, you know, hospitality industry, because, you know, it's it's very difficult times. But, you know, I'm not competing with, you know, browns beside me or commons or the local or the keg like you know one of the managing partners of the keg she comes every other thursday here with her gals and that's you know she's done even for the last couple of years so we talk about things and you know they enjoy coming and having you know ithaca night or what have you and um you know they have their own kind of ithaca merchandise they've they've put on order they want for the gals and stuff like that but um I don't know, we're we're a family restaurant, right? So I look at some of the other places and they're kind of looking at certain demographics. And I find sometimes a lot of places are going after the same kind of crowd. But you know, from visiting Ithaca before, like there could be a younger couple, it could be an older couple, there could be a couple of couples, there could be a family with a little
0: one. Yeah, you could have four generations dining at the same time in this place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So now it's nice because the lounge, for example, is primarily like tables of two, you know, so it's a little more intimate. It's a beautiful, you know, cozy room. And then we have the below bar area, which we have uh, access with a ramp for uh, disabilities and so on and so forth. And then we have the two upper, uh, the the main and upper dining room there. So we have a lot of different, you know, spaces
0: to. That is true. I mean, this place, it's, it's open concept but you do have these different areas that have different feels to them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: One thing I'm wondering is like when you had the the previous space cuz it was a lot smaller bringing that sort of you're coming to my house feel like that feeling how do how do you do that in a space this big? Like is it cha- it must be challenging i would imagine.
1: Well, yes and no. Um yes because it is a big space. It's like the building's like 5,800 square feet. So it's it's huge. Um the biggest game changer for us is we went from like a 12 foot by 12 foot kitchen to a thousand square foot kitchen, which we totally gutted and renovated in order to facilitate higher volumes of takeout. Now, I don't know if it ever happened to you at our other restaurant, but I know you dined in, but I don't know if you ever did much takeout.
0: I never did takeout.
1: Okay. You never did. Take I, I
0: Basically, I never do takeout from anywhere.
1: Okay. for well, Lately
0: it's, it's changed with COVID. Yeah. Pre-COVID, I, I, can't even think of a time I did ever did take out.
1: Okay, so here's what would ha- was happening to us before uh, when we were at our other location. So before, let's say you were in with a friend or a date or family or whatever the case may be. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Someone calls at 7, 7.30 for a couple of takeout orders. Maybe I can do like 8, 10 takeout orders before then, but at 7.30, I had like, you know, like a soup pot where you could put two pots of soup on. That's all I had in my kitchen to keep takeout warm. So not only that, I had nowhere else to store it in the back. And our kitchen was just not designed for for that sort of thing. So people would call and I would just say, oh, sorry, we can't do takeout. You know, we're just too busy or whatever. So now we're actually doing a very high volume of takeout people are wondering if we're gonna you know do like a delivery service like skipper all that kind of stuff and i just said you know what no we're not because they're charging like 25 to 30 percent And i'm sure you've talked to a lot of people like how much it's costing for these delivery services for the moment we're just doing pickup in the new year we're going to look to see about maybe doing a small radius but it'll be ithaca delivering to you
0: and I do have to say, there is a passenger zone right outside the restaurant. Yeah, there's two spots. There's there's two spots there. They yeah. have a, like a three minute max, so people aren't just sitting there for forever. Yeah. So you can just legitimately drive up right outside. Yeah. Come get the food and go home.
1: Uh, what I did was in the kitchen in the back room area, we have an, an area, and then we took you know our some steam tables there. So we have like four steam tables. Once the meals are prepared, they're put there off to the side, out of the kitchen's way. Sure, you know, you come pick up your order. Okay, Dallas is your first takeout. We have everything, bagged everything, and off you go. And, uh, you know, so far it's been really, really well received.
0: That upgrade in the kitchen space, though, just that whole back area, I, I can't even describe how much of an increase that is versus before, and especially with you guys doing the renovation in the kitchen here. Yeah. Like that must just be like Wonderland for someone working in that kitchen because it's all like brand new stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what it was is it was out of necessity. So, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, numerous people have come to me and, you know, mentioned even before and during and said, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe like during these times you're doing that. And I'd mentioned this to you when we had that, you know, coffee uh, at Otavi. as I said, you know, maybe I'm going to do like a market, you know, so I felt that if in fact things just get out of out of hand that we can't control you know with the the situation that we're we're all facing i would just make a market in the front of the house so someone you know yourself come and pick up your takeout pick up a liter of olive oil pick up some olives pick up some cheese tzatziki hummus maybe some fresh bread some baking whatever it would be but i mean we all need to find ways in which we can push through this because for me my feelings are is that a human being will not survive without water and food so if you can't have people come inside that was the key for me is that the size of that kitchen although we had to do a lot of work to it was like even if we can't seat inside we're going to turn things around I'm not going to lay off my staff, off my servers, be my drivers, you know, that kind of thing. Because in the end, it wasn't about me in terms of this place opening. It was about everyone on the Ithaca ship, like, having a job. That includes me, my wife, you know, my family, my staff. So I said, as long as everyone like has their paddle and is rowing, we're gonna get somewhere, right?
0: Yeah, you guys are really like a family here because I think you said like basically everyone from the old location came with you to the new place, right? Yeah, Uh,
1: like um, uh, there was there was a couple people I would say like ninety seven, you know, percent or whatever, and then we hired you know a couple um, people as well. Um, So the thing is, is that you know. Um, we had our staff come and even do a lot of the, you know, work, like we threw out like 35,000 pounds of like garbage out of this place and dumpster after dumpster and cleaned and
0: scrubbed and, you know, before any of the painting and the floor restorations. What's, what's the gentleman's name that was helping you when I came like that first time you had the one guy that was, I think one of the cooks was here with you and he helped you. Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. He seemed to really be doing a good
1: job. Yeah. His Japanese name is, uh, so Ricky actually an interesting, uh, story about Ricky. So Ricky's family has like something like 32 restaurants, like higher end restaurants in Japan and he decided at one point that you know he didn't want to do all that and he you know he grew up in calgary or what have you but he wanted to do his own thing and i said you know what ricky he came to us and you know we have other good people you know in our kitchen as well but he was very very passionate and he wanted to learn and do all these different things and i said I'm going to give you the experience of a lifetime said so you're going to get to watch like how you can resurrect, you know, a place like this. We're going to, we're going to do our own kitchen restaurant makeover thing, you know, like, uh, like Gordon Ramsay style. And we used to go for breakfast across the street at the double tree hotel. Like this is, you know, months into the planning or whatever. When we have breakfast, you know, every other day, me, you know dimitri and ricky and we would talk and um then when it came time to doing work like some people were available for this or some people were available for that but the amount of work he did like outside of my wife and i like i would say he did the the most work besides like the two of us from start to finish and you know I, I i thank him for that and um you know i think it was a really good experience for him to have because like one day he would like to do his own thing or what have you but i mean sometimes people are like oh i don't want to teach this person too much because you know then they're gonna go or whatever and blah 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 and i just said to my go, ricky i go i want you to stay with me forever but i only i know the only way that'll happen is that if you're always learning things, I know the day I can't teach you something, you're gonna go, and I want you to go, right? But yeah, that. he was uh, he was uh, he was my a right hand for me for that for sure.
0: Yeah, the times when I stopped in because I was here two or three times. Yeah, yeah, he was just he was like on the ball, just doing work.
1: Oh, he was ripping stuff out with me, and yeah, I was uh, yeah, that
0: was pretty crazy. What was that whole experience like for you? Sort of doing the whole renovation in here and just being like every day just going hard
1: well you know as you know joe perkins did the the uh the order up um video for the restaurant and you talked about the rocky yeah. doll that i had and they, is went, that, to, they is that went to town with that the rocky doll's in the office he's oh, he's, he's, he's having he's having a nap now sylvester stallone's old <laughs> <laughs> no but you know what the thing is It honestly literally felt like every single like rocky movie, like all the beatings, like combined, like physically and mentally, because mentally you were always on your radar was all the madness with COVID, right? So you can't, you can't deny that, that fear. Um, and the other part was like, I was like counting. On my pedometer, I was doing like twenty five thousand steps a day, you know, like seven thirty in the morning till like eleven thirty at night for I want to say that was for the last ten weeks and so that like, wasn't
0: that wasn't just like walking you're like carrying stuff yeah like heavy stuff way
1: out of my like I'm hundred and fifty five pounds soaking wet I was way over my capabilities weight did you, class did you wise. lose a bunch
0: of weight working that much? Or were no, you able to maintain? No,
1: I I, I maintained, but I mean my like I'm forty, I'll be forty five at the end of uh this Which month.
0: I do have to say again, you do not look forty five. <laughs> I, I remember when Mike was when we came in that one uh-huh. time and he kept asking you, dude, why do you look so young? And <laughs> I tell you, you, it's the olive oil <laughs> and it's the olive oil uh soap. Yeah, I know. You were telling me about that soap. Yeah.
1: I want to try this thing. Up.
0: Yeah because it, it is crazy it's just every time i see you, you have like no wrinkles you know what
1: i think actually all my family has um you know fairly good genes you know in terms of youthfulness like my sister you know tina she's uh older than me but she you know still looks um very young um so um my brother andreas um i wanted to mention that he's doing uh his car detailing now, so he's. You know, I see those
0: videos on Facebook. I enjoy yeah, them because yeah. it seems like he's like he's, he loves it. He loves that. He gets right in there. Yeah, you know. So, um, I miss seeing him play the bazooki.
1: Yeah, I know. Right now, I have I have a bazooki there. He uh, strung that one for me. That was an old one that was in here, but uh, I'm sure at some point he'll uh, he'll come down and do a little uh, bazooki jam. But because uh, there,
0: so one thing about the bazooki at the old restaurant was yes. that Andreas would. Play it, sort of walk around. People would put money in the uh, mm. in the bazooki, and then you guys would donate everything from that to it was Saint Vincent de Paul, right?
1: Yeah, Saint Vincent de Paul. We would make a donation. Well, we used to break
0: plates too. That's that's I that was going to get to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, and then they would donate you the plates. Is that was they that? They would right?
1: donate us the plates, and you um, and you would
0: give them donations that you received from. Yeah, him playing.
1: we would um, also do. Um, some stuff with um, a wonderful friend of mine, um, Andrea Paquette, um, and, uh, who's the bipolar babe um, um, for mental health issues. And uh, another, among among other things, but the ones that are super important to us. Um, another one that we like to uh, contribute and donate to is my uh, friend, uh, my good high school friend from Claremont. Uh, Dominic uh, Butcher Dom Butcher he facilitates the um, Mini World Cups up at uh, Lockside in uh, Cordova Bay so um, yeah apparently for some bizarre reason the Greek team and maybe if there's enough comments in here we can get them reinstated Uh, the Greek team has been uh, not present recently at the Mini World Cups um, but I'm hoping social media likes can, um, make a change to, uh, to that, but no, they do a great job with the kids. I, I don't know, um, how moving forward that's going to be. I'm sure they're going to find some solutions to all of that, but, uh,
0: yes, yeah. I, I saw some people playing soccer at, uh, a couple of fields recently.
1: Yeah. i now? I've, I've played two games, um i played last wednesday and i'm actually on dominic uh dominic's team he invited me to um play and uh i initially was on the fence because with the restaurant but the team that he plays on has the red and white stripes of my favorite greek soccer team olympiakos so
0: i signed up they got you in
1: <laughs> It got me in
0: so you mentioned the plate uh smashing yeah and and I, I I hadn't actually done it before. Like I'd seen it at the old restaurant. Oh no, that's not true. We did it. So the very first TV segment that Mike and I did on the patio. On the you? patio. Yeah, yeah. And I and I forget the gentleman's name that was the cameraman, but he he had the camera down on the ground and he was committed. Do you remember? Do you remember that? Because mm. we were smashing plates. Yeah, those things actually flew at him and cut him. So, really? Yeah. You, you, gotta be, you gotta be careful. So he, he was on, he like, he, and he wanted us to keep going. So he's bleeding and he's, and he's getting the shot of like the thing smashing right in front of the camera. That was, that was actually really funny. But, uh, yeah, there's something about smashing a plate that there's people some satisfa- get really, satisfaction.
1: Yeah, there's people. Get, well, um, I recently had a very good friend of mine, uh, come and have his birthday actually in this room at this table here. Uh, his name is Tyler Hansen. And whenever he comes to the restaurant, he's very, he's very shy. So I always would like make, uh, tent cards. And some posters up in the restaurant, and it would be Tyler Hansen Appreciation Night. So he would come in. I'd tell him, okay, "You know, come by and say hi, I have a beer, I have a calamari or something." And so he would come in. And then just as we were, you know, doing our like zorba's dance or whatever, and I would be like, "And ladies and gentlemen, we have here tonight the one and only Tyler Hansen." <laughs> and he would be like turning like red, like a tomato, the poor guy. So anyway, he came with his family. I put up some posters here and there, but we took the whole family. I had plates for them all, and we went out into the the lane here because it's a safe place, and I, I had like the 12 kids. No, not the 12 kids. It was the, the six adults and four kids or whatever it was and grandma or whatever, and they were uh, breaking the plates on the side there.
0: So what is the significance of breaking a plate and yelling OPA? for people that don't know
1: you know the true the true true like origin like first ever time it happened I, i i don't know the rhyme or reason why but from what i've figured over the years it just basically comes down to you know the moment and you're with your family and you're with your friends and doesn't even necessarily have to you know been a meal but just like like people gathering you know and in that moment having a nice time and you know the greek dancing is kind of like spontaneous but it can like last all through the night anyone who's ever been to a greek party before and uh at some point there's going to be someone who's going to take the plate who's going to throw the plate smashes we all opa and i think the essence of it is, is that, you know, we're living in the moment. We're enjoying this time together. You know, we can, we can replace that plate or we account the place, like the feelings that we're, you know, sharing right now, you know? So what used to happen is when you used to go to like a Greek, um, place to listen to music like it would be like tables of four six eight you know couples together and you'd have bottle service and you know your drinks and some they'd have like fresh cut fruit and some just some nibblies or whatever and you're listening to the performer uh on the stage well once the dancing would start there would be stacks of plates i remember this like in the early mid-80s and plates this size, and you would be dancing, and I would just start breaking them all around you. But see, that just started getting like out of hand. And then people would be, you know, like drinking too much, breaking plates, and then get a little was, bit dangerous potentially. A little bit a bit dangerous. So then they switched it. So then they said, okay, no more plates at the, at the club, you know, thing anymore. Where we're doing the live music. So now they have this other other thing. So now what they do is when you're um, you're there, so you could be with the same scenario, but you have baskets of carnations. So now you're dancing with your lady. Way safer, you know. Well, you'd think. Well, so I now, oh, I guess we're
0: gonna slip on him or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Okay, never mind.
1: <laughs> so now it shows, you know, the, you know, you throw in a bat, but you're you're paying big money to do this, right? So you're. Throwing the basket, you know, on your woman, she's throwing on you, you know, whatever. But sometimes you just see like these people, and they have like ten baskets of
0: flowers, and they throw them on the person. It's almost like a Gatorade bottle dump yeah. after a big win.
1: Yeah, because imagine like stepping in all the the plants, right? And so the girls are wearing the heels, and then all of a sudden it's going like that. So yeah, it's quite quite interesting. But you know, I love to go out with my family when I'm visiting in Greece. Uh, to um, go listen to greek music but like they go till like five six in the morning so it's like you got to like sleep because you're not going out till 12 like here we're used to going out like ten, eleven, and then we're done by two
0: right i'm at the point now where i want to go to like six and be done by nine
1: yeah yeah so you got to like
0: stay up to kind of
1: do that and then you go and eat after you go and eat like five six in the morning you want to have like souvlakis.
0: yeah what is why is it so different it seems like in other places in the world because this is not uncommon to be eating for like five hours and have a long meal and not start eating until like 11 o'clock at night it's
1: just different and i think too in um in like greece and in italy and maybe in spain for example like there's that like little nap you know too that nap it's great in the afternoon
0: What's, what's the ideal the length for a nap? is
1: like you, you have lunch. Yeah. And then you have, you have a nap for like an hour.
0: An hour nap. Yeah. So you're actually going into like the different stages of sleep at that point. Yeah. If I so, sleep for an hour, I I wake up all groggy and I don't feel very good. No,
1: it's good. It's okay. good. Yeah. Because it's too hot. Because it's too hot. It's like one o'clock, right? Yeah. So it's like 40 degrees. So it's like not a bad idea to let it cool down a little bit, but they call it messy meddy, which means like half of the day. So half of the day, you kind of half day nap.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that sort of gets scheduled in for everybody. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. See, I'm a 15 minute nap guy. My body, if I just fall asleep, I'm going to wake up like 15 minutes later.
1: So one thing I wanted to tell you about was um, my grandma. So this is my dad's mom. So my dad's mom was the origins for example of a lot of the foods that we prepared at the plaza and then at Ithaca which you know we brought here and then she taught my mama Maria my mom Maria you know a lot of these techniques uh and my mom kind of added her own stylings to them and so on and so forth but you know our restaurant in Canara we started um in like '69, and it was like Canadiana, like veal cutlets, hot turkey sandwich, you know, you know, steaks, pork chops, you know, that kind of stuff or whatever. And then that transformed like slowly with like a Greek menu because the regulars were watching us eat at the family table, the Greek food, and they were like, "Oh, you know, curious, and what's that?" You know, and my my parents would like serve some of the regulars, give them that, and I, I think. I think my parents' restaurant in 69, and I'm not sure exactly once where the switch went to in terms of like Greek cuisine being introduced. Now, I won't be as so bold to say that, you know, we, we were the first Greek, first restaurant to have like Greek food on their menu because that's not the case. But I would say for a small town, in Canada like we might have been one of the first small towns that had that volume of a greek menu you know during that time because um even a lot of restaurants in like Winnipeg for example didn't have a lot of the items that we we did have right so
0: and you were explaining earlier that the uh in Winnipeg they have the biggest cultural um Winnipeg has the
1: largest um like multi- shout out to my Winnipeg peeps and Greeksters. Um so Winnipeg has one of the largest ethnic festivals in Canada called Folklorama. So Folklorama is basically the entire city for I believe a month. Two weeks or a month i can't remember if it used to be like two weeks and it became a month i think and i just uh, celebrated i'm not sure if it was their 50th 50th year of folklorama this past year if i'm not mistaken um so basically throughout the the city like churches high schools different like uh, arenas like different venues and you would go to you know the um um swedish pavilion you'd go to the ukrainian pavilion go to the greek pavilion which was at the saint demetrius uh, greek church there um and um you know hungarian jamaican you know you name it this uh, there was a pavilion pretty much for every you know ethnic uh background um like you know from the you know uh, aboriginal community as well you know so you were able to go and you'd have like a little passport and they would like stamp your passport to all the different venues you would go and you would try all this amazing food from all these different you know nationalities cultures ethnicities so on and so forth and then they would have um um dancers and costumes and um you know heritage history and so on and so forth and yeah it was uh it was really really cool like i know here we have greek
0: fest i was going to ask about greek fest yeah cuz did that happen this year greek fest did happen it did it did okay you bet your souvlaki it did <laughs> And were you guys were you guys involved with that obviously then? Yeah, I did some volunteering. My mom
1: my mom uh was there uh more and my dad as well. Um but I did a little bit of volunteering there and uh helped feed some of the people there. It was it was different this year because they did like takeout for- format that they normally, you know, don't uh don't do, but they didn't have, you know, Greek dancers um from Greece and local Greek dancers and other ethnic um, groups that would perform and so on and so forth. So,
0: yeah, it was it was a little different, but... Was it over by the Commonwealth pool again?
1: Yeah, it was at the Commonwealth pool there at the Greek uh, community center there, the Greek uh, church um, complex there. So, yeah, the thing is, is it kind of ties into, you know, what I mentioned earlier is like human beings need water, and food. So Greek Fest being a massive, you know, regular event here in, in Victoria that draws all these people. So these people didn't have the entertainment, but in terms of like the volumes of food, like I'm pretty sure and, I, and I'm not exactly 100% like what the numbers were, but I think they fed roughly the same amount of people you know, they did without the entertainment sort of thing because people are getting in their cars. They know it's that time of year. They want their Greek food. Of course, there wasn't any Greek restaurants uh, except one, I think, that was open per se, right? So
0: I don't know. Yeah, I went last year and it was, I was amazed how many people were there.
1: Yeah, it's it a was, big event.
0: It was, it was packed. It's a big event. It was really packed. Yeah. One of the things that I love when I come to Ithaca And I feel like it's mandatory. If you eat cheese, you have to get the Saganaki Saganaki. flambe. Yes. You have to, you just, I mean, what percentage of people order that thing? Like of tables out of a hundred percent, how many people would get it?
1: I would say out of like 20 appetizers that it would be 20 appetizers ordered. I would say 13 to 14 people. Would order that
0: wow so it's almost like three quarters yeah
1: yeah i mean
0: and for anyone that hasn't seen it it's a little pan and they they do the flambe right at your table
1: so just like a wheel of like you know real parmesan cheese we have the wheel of the kefalo graviera it's called kefalo graviera so we have that and it comes from greece and it is uh from the northern mountains of greece it's a sheep's cheese um now as we know feta as far as greek cheese is the cheese that people know but like i love feta but saganaki is is on a on a level of its own i think so I take that wheel, I cut it into like, like roughly 92 pieces. I'm the only person that cuts it. I don't let anybody cut that. It's me. So I have a little joke with the ladies and I say to them that, you know, I have my masters in Saganaki, right? They're like, yeah, 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 just, just cut the cheese. <laughs> Come on, just get it going, the, you know. Stuff. So I cut it up and get it all sorted out there. So one day I, Cause I went to school for graphic design in Winnipeg once upon a time. So I made a Photoshop diploma copy from the university of Thessaloniki. And I put Saganaki master on it. My name, everything stamped, look top shelf, put in a nice frame. So I have all the cheese that's cut and I have a picture with this frame. So then I post it on our Facebook page for the restaurant. And then all of a sudden, I said, you know, yeah, I finally got my masters in, you know, Saganaki. So then people are like, Oh my god, that's incredible. We think that's just great, way to go And I was like, Oh my gosh, okay, so now it's like gotten out of hand, right? So then this girl that my brother knows comes in with her family and she walks up to me and she says, I just want you to know my family and i are so proud of you so for what she says you got your master's and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> so a joke gone too far but uh, yeah i do have the diploma though yeah
0: it just there's something magical magical about getting that that flambe and having a little bit of wine with it that combination is this next level
1: yeah red wine well i think honestly if you order saganaki and Greek salad, calamari
0: you're good some wine lovely the, the calamari you guys hear that's another thing that th- that is so good yeah that's like uh, to me if you're gonna have calamari somewhere you come here and have it yeah we have good calamari We yeah. uh, well you know well the really thing- the, the whole appetizer platter that you guys have as well yeah like uh, the, the last time i had that i came in and i wasn't that hungry but yeah. i ordered it And I ended up eating the whole thing by myself because (laughs) it was just so good. I couldn't stop. (sighs) I was amazed when I ate it all because when you bring it, that one in particular, I don't know if it's always laid out like that. Yeah. But I did post a video or a picture of it on online on the account. And it looks like like the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars, the way it's laid out.
1: Well, I don't know. Try. I don't (laughs) know. know, That's not
0: intentional, but that's what it reminded me of. But it was so much food and all of it was so good. So, like, what are what are the different pieces? If you look at that platter, what's on there?
1: On um, the appetizer platter, we have the Greek salad. We have the spanakopita. We have the keftadas, which are the Greek uh, meatballs. We have tziki. Uh, we have calamari, and we have hummus and pita. Yeah, that's a great one for two to share. Then we also have the um, we also have the Greek platter. And we also have a, ve- a veggie platter as well. So those are, you know, platters that people, you know, can can share. Um, our number one menu item, I would say, is the, is the roast
0: lamb. Really? Yeah, the roast lamb shoulder. Has the menu changed in the transition to this new space?
1: Well, you know, we started off with like a smaller menu and we've kind of tweaked it a little bit as we've gone. Um, what what may be forgotten sometimes is we are moving into a new space we are getting our footing we are trying to get familiar with um how things work where things are our space our timing and everything like that um but uh yeah now we feel we uh we're back into a rhythm and we we have it uh on a good consistent clip and as i mentioned to you earlier i didn't really want to like we did a soft opening i didn't want to do a grand opening because you know it's not just like leaving ithaca we call it 1.0 and coming into 2.0 and you've renovated this place and it's way bigger and there's more space or what have you and you just clunk the 1.0 into the new space and you open the doors and then you're off and running so it's um yeah it's like you know playing in a different you know hockey rink or something like that you need to know where the bounces are and how you can do things and the timing of the kitchen but uh yeah now we've um got a better understanding of our of our volumes and uh you know especially with takeout how to be able to facilitate you know takeout and stuff like that so yeah i think we found our stride and you know it's so lovely with our, our regulars we're so excited that we're um back and supportive and calling and people were bringing like flowers and you know wine and you know, doing their happy dance or whatever. And they were like, oh my God, we didn't know if you were going to open again and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah.
0: yeah. When I put up a couple of stories about you guys reopening on Instagram. Yeah. The, the, the response I got from people was like real, real excitement. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, they're reopening. I didn't know what happened. And people were just like, they couldn't wait to get back in here. Yeah. Because yeah, I think you mentioned earlier that it's been well-received since you guys have opened back up
1: well you know even myself like there's been so many times um that you know i've been seeing our regulars and they come in and they're so excited and you know their eyes are watering up and my eyes are watering up because it's like like one we're happy to see them but like what we had to do in order to like get here like Like I said, the whole thing with the rock, like I just felt like my face was getting caved in, like for months, right? But it's like just got to keep, you know, at it. So
0: another thing you guys have here too is the Vulcan beer. Do you have Do you have that right now?
1: Vulcan beer right now, I do not have available. Okay, Um, because you're the only
0: guys, or you're the only people that have this in the whole city, right?
1: Yes, I am the only person that have fix. So Vulcan, I had a place in my heart for but i also have a place in my heart for the fixed lager as well okay um i really like that and then we're the only place in the um city that has uh the alpha State um wines actually i think you know i think uh cafe brio was selling one of the Alpha State Wines for a while. I'm not sure if they were, but I know that we're the only one carrying the um, SMX, which is the Syrah, Merlot, and Zeno Mavro. So, for me, you know, we have wines from other places, and it was the same thing uh, even at the previous uh, location um, that we had. Like, people would come in they would be like, oh, I want my Australian, or I want my Californian, and I want, and I'm like, I'll bring you that, but try this and it wasn't necessarily i was bringing them a greek wine to try that was more expensive than what they were having but it was designed for the food they were eating just like you were mentioning the bartender that was pairing you know things for you and it made that experience for you so i ended up at my previous family restaurant in kenora at the plaza having people that were really particular about the wine that would come like, cause Kenora like kind of like the Muskoka's in the summertime. We have people that have cottages that, you know, like the finer things or would have you trying the Greek wines and be like, oh, I can't pronounce it, but you know, I want the one with the tricky, you know, tricky logo on the uh, label there, the turkey bird label on the, the thing there. Um, so yeah, I'm like, if you don't like it, have what you're having, but you know,
0: the Canennis wine, I think, I don't know, is the that the pronunciation?
1: Yeah, is that pr- the yeah, pronunciation? Canennis,
0: yes. So, yeah, that was cool. And then you explained the whole reason or the, the meaning behind the word. Yeah,
1: so the Canennis uh, wine, that is also tied into the story of the Odyssey. So, when King Odysseus went what is now the island of Sicily, because those guys were lost, they were trying to get home, they were trying to get back to the island of Ithaca. And I do have that shot there, the big one that used to be. Over the round table there. I went to the island of Ithaca with my wife, but they were trying to get back to the island of Ithaca and they couldn't do it because they pissed off, you know, Poseidon and the gods. So they ended up on Sicily and then that's where the cyclo- Cyclops lived. And they went into the cave and they were eating the cheese uh, of the Cyclops. And then he comes in, he starts eating the men, he gets upset. And then King Odysseus has his wine. Gets him, gets the Cyclops drunk. And then when he's drunk, the Cyclops says, Oh, you know, who are you? He says, I'm Canenas. He says, Oh, Canenas, that's a nice name. And then the Cyclops falls asleep. And then they have the burning spear and they stick it into his eye. And then as they're trying to get out of the cave, like the, the Cyclops moves the rock and he's like feeling for the men, but the men are tied underneath the sheep. So he could just feel the tops of the sheep. As the men escape, and then he's yelling. He's like, "Canenus did this to me!" And then the other Cyclops all come. He says Then why are you yelling if no one did that to you? Because that's what Canenus means in Greek; it means no one.
0: Yeah, and it just the again the fact you have that wine and you have that story that you can share. Yeah, like it just it, it sort of ties it in all again. Because you've always, you've always, every time I talk to you, you mention different things from uh, Greek culture and tradition.
1: Okay, well, tell me this. How often have you been to a place where you've ordered some wine with your gal, let's say, and it was a wine from California, and the person serving you told you anything about that wine, the story yeah, about it. It's just yeah, like, no.
0: here you go. The only the only place I can think of where you where I get a real backstory on the alcohol being served is at Nowhere. They they when they bring alcohol when you get the drink pairing they explain everything about it. Yeah. But like here and there like that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's all I can think of. So at the other location, you used to have that little garden. Is there any aspiration to have any type of little garden here, like on the patio? You used to have one there.
1: Yeah. Right now, my my issue with the patio, we never really uh took that head on as of yet because the weather was changing as we were finishing what we we're doing. But we're gonna look to um in a very aesthetically pleasing way, uh put some glass on either end of the patio and then maybe have some um windows that kind of slide or open in a nice way. So when it is a nice day you can have that but a little warm up or what have you. Um that's why we haven't put plants out there. It's because we're leery of having people seeking refuge on our patio at night or whatever and stuff. So I want to make sure I can secure it. And uh, there. So um, is there any other questions you have for me before I. I, know I we got to wrap I, this
0: up I, fairly quickly.
1: Well, no, I can take a few questions. I just said uh, my mama Maria, I'll have her. I'll let you sit with mama Maria. Okay. She'll so ask you the hard, hard questions. Let's, let's, can, we, can we do two more questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, And then yeah, we'll, we'll – yeah, I know
0: yeah. you got to get going because you no guys worries. are going to open tonight. I, w- I just wanted to know, are there things in the, f- for, in the future that you have planned? Anything else besides doing that patio section out the front?
1: Okay. So, look, this is the way I'm looking at things. I'm l- the meeting with my team and we're discussing all the potential – scenarios that will be unfolding for us okay so let's say for example we know there's christmas well christmas we can't have parties uh over six people uh because of the covid restrictions which is fine we're compliant with whatever is you know necessary to be safe and all that sort of stuff Um, so we're going to look to develop a plan to put things together for people that have at home so You want to order for your family or whatever, some stuff from Ithaca. We're going to arrange it so we can be prepared for a higher volume based on that. You know, and maybe if, let's say, for example, we run into issues where there's less seating or, like, what we have to understand is that we have to plan for everything. Like, you can't just... Go week to week and not give any thought to everything. Like we all hope that things are going to go as well as they can, but you really need to be able to pivot and adjust. So we're kind of taking measures to be proactive to look at all the different different situations. So we want to see the best fit how we can accommodate our guests dining in safely, but also if that can happen, how we can have things i've already had someone call me from a business and he wanted me to do something for his staff or whatever and we're actually going to deliver it to them so we're going to try and feed the people as best we can as much as we can because you know they you know want to be having some you know food from ithaca and of course we need to have their support as well to you know truck along um delivery like i said we're going to look at that um, in the new year sometime, uh I think there also is going to be some level of market uh items that we'll look to soon have in place
0: um and where's that going to be that market area? Is it going to be in this area? I
1: think what we 'll look to do is we'll look to designate certain areas kind of like almost like in a decorative kind of manner without looking to like ghetto gypsy. So you could come in and say, oh, you know what? I'd like to pick up that item if you're dining in or takeout or whatever. You would just see certain areas instead of putting a huge area that takes up space, right? So thankfully, we do have lots of space. So,
0: And with your um, history in the hospitality industry and with restaurants, what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned through all that time?
1: Well... You know, um I know I can think back to like the eighties, like in terms of like in my mind, like I can think of the early eighties, like when my restaurant my family restaurant was like tremendously busy in Kenora. Like it was just lights up Cause there wasn't a lot of restaurants or a lot of, you know, um places in the small town in the summertime it was, you know, very, very busy and stuff. But then, you know, I can also remember in the winter time when Who's <laughs> going out in Kenora minus forty, you know, in February on a Monday night. You know what I mean? So I've seen like chaos and like flatline, you know, in there. You know, I've seen recession, you know, in the mid eighties or whatever. Um, again in the early nineties. Um, I don't think anyone's seen anything quite like this, like in our generation per se. But you know, a lot of people have this misconception with with restaurants that there's this huge amount of revenues that is, like, generated that's just, you know, ridiculous. And it's like, you know, you have the Mercedes, you know, AMG, you know, cars for all the owners and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, what I know is is that when $1 comes in, like, seven cents after everything else, is taken care of and i know you've talked to many people that have restaurants in the industry like they probably mentioned that there's this misconception by people that it's all this you know money that's in a society
0: where we want everything to be as cheap as possible Uh, food is not priced properly i feel like right now
1: Yeah. yeah yeah so the thing is is that i i just think you need to do your best to you know Persevere, and for myself, I feel that I will try to with with my team do fight the best fight that we can. And you know, if we're gonna go down one day, like we know we went down swinging, because I just I didn't want Ithaca to end. You know, as of when I pass by the old building and see the lights off, and you know it looks a little sad story like here. It's like, I think there's hope in this space and, you know, people have been, you know, very amazing and loving and caring, but, you know, I can't emphasize enough to everyone, like, please try and support your local, you know, businesses. I think there's a little more like, not just because I'm, I'm a family business myself, but I mean, family businesses, that local dollar going into into the local family businesses opposed to like the franchise like not saying like don't support franchise restaurants or whatever but i mean if you look at where the support of people goes to in this place here like who and how it's affecting it's far different from the other people that have like 40 restaurants or 30 restaurants and you know they might close you know Four restaurants to be able to keep the other ones going, and maybe they're not going to be, you know, giving as much thought to the people that they had to let go. Or, me, in my situation, I'm giving thought to every single person, like how I can keep them on now. And if things do get, you know, out of control, like, cause, like, these are, this is, this is my family. So,
0: the way um, I kind of look at it is, if you want a place to be around, go spend your money there, yeah, that's basically what it boils down to, yeah, because if people aren't spending their money somewhere or or potentially like you can find something cheaper somewhere else, but you want that place here as well that you would sometimes go to, like that place might not survive, yeah. so go go support, yeah, really important,
1: sure. yeah, and if you don't feel comfortable coming in or to take out how to make you a wonderful meal,
0: I think Maybe we, we might. Love. We might get your mom in here a little, a little bit, but before we do, if people want to know more about Ithaca, keep on track of it. I know you have the Instagram account now. Yeah. Where should people go to sort of keep tabs on what's going on?
1: Um, we're just redoing our website right now, but you can go to IthacaGreek.ca. Uh, that has our most current information on it right now. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. Um, I've, I'm on Instagram as well, um, but uh, yeah. We're um, here to feed the people and make them happy.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Dimitri.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, well, uh, everyone in uh, all the restaurants seen in Victoria, uh, keep feeding the people and make them happy.
0: Support. Support your favorite restaurants. Maria, thank you for taking the time to sit down here.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
0: One one thing I love is at Christmas time when I would stop in at the old location and you had all sort of those treats that you'd make around Christmas time. Yes. And there's sort of like a little gift basket almost. Yes. Um, I think that, yeah, last year even I stopped by just randomly just to say hi. Okay. And you, and you sent me packing with um with one of those little baskets and it, those those treats that you make are so, so good.
2: Well, thank you. We do that at Christmas time. I'm hoping we'll have time to do that this year too for special customers, for people that uh, have uh, supported us. and. Um, it's my pleasure to do that. So know.
0: those, those little things you make in that, in those little packs, would those be things you would only traditionally make during Christmas time?
2: Most of the time. Yes. They're Christmas uh, cookies. Uh, the curabies with the icing sugar and walnuts and brandy It's like a shortbread with a lot of icing sugar on top. Uh, there's, um, the melo macarona, which is a honey, uh, spicy, uh, uh, Cookie and of course baklava and um, I can't remember what others. Yeah, things that, that
0: I Dimitri and I uh, had had a piece of baklava, like yes, a big one today. Yes, and yeah, that thing's but immense. I would make a
2: smaller one and to to give out to in bite size.
0: Of course, yeah, because that one we had today, like that's immense. Yes, that's a yes. big piece. Well, yeah,
2: you can share that with someone for, um, after dinner.
0: That's so good.
2: <laughs> Thank you. When Thank you. when
0: the other location sort of closed down, mm-hmm. was there any temptation for you to just be like, you know what, I'm just going to chill I'm just gonna retire yeah that
2: was the that was the um, original thought and uh, I kept saying this is it I'm retiring Uh, but um, I say one thing and do another (laughs) and I I really wanted Dimitri um, um, to to do well and uh, I said I will give him a little bit more of my time Um, work keeps me um, on my toes Uh, I mean I can stay home and and uh, especially now with covid you know uh, in the summer i mean it was nice i was outside in my garden but in the winter it um, it gives me a purpose to get up and uh, put on clothes instead of pajamas and and come to work uh, i enjoy it still um i really want to pass the baton to someone that can do what i do and i have a couple of ladies in the back that uh, do a lot of it and, um, you know, they're semi-retired too, and they, they don't want to be working every day. We're hoping that we'll get, um, um, uh, a cook that will, uh, uh, embrace our cuisine and, uh, learn it and we'll coach him as much as we can. So they can, they can do it on their own and we just come and visit and maybe I'll come in and just do my ice cream because it's my secret recipe.
0: <laughs> Which, yeah, anyone coming here, you have to get the ice cream.
2: I think it's a, it's a nice flavor. It's a mocha, it's chocolate and, uh, and, uh, coffee and a little bit of a liqueur in there and, um, roasted almonds. And, uh, it's a good combination and uh, people love it.
0: Yeah. It was funny. Cause Dimitri did tell me it sounded like that, that the ladies here were going to kind of retire and just sort of chill. But yes. then once the wheel started picking up, he's yeah. like, once yeah. they came in here, they sort of took over.
2: Yes. Uh, well, we tend to do that. We're Greek. You know, we're loud. We're a little, um, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, controlling a bit. Uh, but um, we do want things to always taste the same and greek food is not um any threatening uh it's it's good flavors it's not spicy hot or anything like that
0: it's very comforting uh, i find yeah,
2: it's and and it's comfort food um most of the dishes in greece uh, they're in a bowl and you have bread and you soak you know the flavors but we do have we have moussaka which is a wonderful classic uh, greek uh dinner um we have the roast lamb, which is our big seller. Yeah, Dimitri and, uh, was saying that's yes, the most we popular. We get uh, the shoulder of the lamb, which is the the best for flavor because it's got the bones in and everything. But we cook it, um, slow cook it for hours and hours, and uh, the bones just come off it. Um, people have uh, really embraced our cuisine and, uh, and loved our food and, uh, the people that have come here to the new place, which is a beautiful, beautiful restaurant now, uh, with, uh, so much more capacity that we can, um, you know, we can put people far away from each other distance and, um, for COVID and for all of us to be safe. We all want to be safe. We, I mean, I'm 73. I, 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 don't want to get sick and I don't want anyone getting anyone else sick. So that is, um, that we're, we're taking all the precautions every day, every day. Also, I would like to tell people since we don't have a lot else to do, they should come out and have dinners in a restaurant. It's not just having a dinner. You can always have something to eat, but it's the the ambience of this beautiful restaurant, the service, um, just the energy, I think, is there. And you go out feeling happy, like you've done something nice for yourself. I mean, um, we can't travel anymore. We can't see a lot of family. But I think um, keeping the distance and uh, having this beautiful restaurant here, uh is is a nice place to come to,
0: and because part of it is like we i talked to quite a bit with Dimitri about hospitality
2: yes and yeah, there's this, we
0: do. there's 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 a very cool energy at ithaca
2: i i think so i mean i um i've always stressed that you gotta treat people like they're coming home to your kitchen to to eat and uh feel good and um uh go out um think being happy leaving you know a tummy full, but also a, a good experience. Um, and we love, we, we have our regular customers from the old Ithaca, and they're so happy to see us again, and we're so happy to see them.
0: Um, I always loved it when I would see you walk out from the back. Like oh, yeah, cooking, I do come out once just, in a while. <laughs> but, but like you just walk out and you always have the biggest smile.
2: Oh, well, I do love what I do. I, I've always, I, um, when we immigrated to Canada in Thunder Bay, my dad had a little restaurant after a year or two and we all work. And I've been working in the restaurant industry for a long, long time. So I've done everything. I've done bathrooms. I've done mopping. I've done dishes. I've done uh, line cooking. I've done waitressing. So I know, I know the business and, um, and I love it. It, it, that, that's all I know. I uh, I could have been a singer if I if I was allowed to, but I wasn't allowed to. So <laughs> here I am. I'm a cook.
0: <laughs> and so that what was the plaza. Was that your first restaurant? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That must yeah. seem like a quite a while ago.
2: Yeah, that well, when my husband and I got married, I mean, my dad had a little restaurant in Manitowish Ontario, which is outside of uh, Thunder Bay, it was a mining town. And then when I got married, we moved to Kenora, and we bought my uncle's restaurant, which was called the Plaza. And we never changed the name because it was right downtown Main Street. I mean, the highway went through Main Street, Kenora. Kenora is about ten, twelve thousand people. And, uh, we, it was sort of a diner style in the first years. And then when we introduced Greek food and then we got a liquor license and we upped it and we did very well there. Uh, Kenora has a lot of wonderful memories. I had all my four children there. So we keep in touch. And, uh, and then when we came out here, we didn't know how things would be. But, uh, again, uh victoria was very very good to us
0: yeah cuz i mean and you, still is your your family i mean you were here you guys left Yes, and then you came back. Yes,
2: yes, yes, yeah. Well, we love the weather. I mean, when you live yeah. in Kenora, Ontario, and most of the winter it's 30-40 below zero, this is uh, <laughs> this is a piece of cake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. I mean, I haven't experienced that type of weather, yeah, well, but I would imagine you get used to. I mean, you live
2: everywhere you, you your your home is, your loved ones are. Um, I mean, you do what you have to do. But uh, having a choice at some point in your life, it's wonderful to be out in here in Victoria.
0: One hundred percent. Yeah, I was very. Lucky to be born here. Yes. Um, yeah. And the recipes that you have at Ithaca here, how many of those recipes. are like like family recipes? They're family
2: or? recipes. They're family recipes. We just have to sort of double them and maybe triple them sometimes. And uh, what we've tried to do and achieve is to keep the flavors the same uh, when you're cooking for your family, and then when you're cooking for a hundred people, sometimes they lose. But we've tried to to keep those flavors and. Um, We've been successful up to now.
0: So with the dishes you're doing here, like if you're in Greece, would it taste the same? Or you is know, there a You know, I've had
2: people tell me they were in Greece and our food is better. Now, sometimes a lot of these people go to a lot of the touristy places and, you know, it's sort of done like a fast food style And they don't get, you know, to sit down in a, uh, I'm not saying that there is not good, good Greek food. Greece has beautiful food, but you know, sometimes when you hit those touristy places, then they just, you know, run it very quickly and they don't have the same time to prepare it. It's not the same, but Greece has good food because it has the sun and the vegetables are just fresh. And, you know, you have a tomato in Greece and you have a, a cucumber in Greece and it tastes so, so much better. The eggplants, you know, they're sweet. And, and here we have to, um, deal with a different kind of, um, produce that we get from California mostly and maybe some from BC. But, um, we just try to keep the flavors though as close as possible
0: there was and, uh, one story you told me that back i guess in greece i don't know if it's the town where you're from or that area but pigs would be raised during the year oh so, yeah so the only- in our
2: area yes they 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 would buy a, a pig in the summer a little piglet and and they feed it and then by christmas it was 200 pounds you know And they used every little bit of that pig, you know, they, um, the, the fat, they would melt it down and put it in these jars and have it, uh, you know, instead of butter, you know, they, they would use a spoonful of that to flavor cabbage or potatoes or rice and things like that. They would make sausages that was, and actually we have a sausage here that's made out of pork and it's so good. And, um, um, a relative back East is sending it to us just for us here oh. and the cost is a little more than than we'd like to but you know what, it's still a wonderful product and we have it and uh, the Greek sausage on the appetizer menu is a must try. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So get, get um, the saganaki,
0: get some Greek yes, sauce, yes. sausage. Yes, yes. And uh,
2: anyway getting back to the Christmas uh, traditions in Greece, um, yeah we'd have a, a lot of pork. We would have the pork souvlaki's, you know, in big chunks of uh, of pork meat we would do the roast roast pork uh, with potatoes in the oven and um, this is in the days when I was being brought up it was all wood stoves and uh, the flavors were just unreal It's it was so magnificent I can still taste it um, uh, they even the skin of the pigs they would make shoes for kids you know and uh, I mean it was just like a sandal but uh, You have to remember that Greece went through wars and civil wars and uh, a lot of poverty in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And then a lot of people immigrated to many parts of North America, Germany, Australia. Uh, That's why everywhere you go now there's Greeks and there's Greek restaurants. But here we are in beautiful Victoria. We are so blessed and um, we just love it here. And I hope people will love this restaurant as much as we do.
0: I know that the city loves you guys.
2: I hope so. Because when I, I so.
0: when you were going to be reopening, I would put things up on Instagram, oh. and, the, and the messages I received from people—yeah,
2: people were calling us. People were calling us even at home uh, to say, "Are you going to re- reopen?" And at, in the beginning, we weren't sure. But uh, Dimitri really and Edith—they really uh, talked with uh, George, the landlord here, George Mavrikos. He has a uh, Milano's restaurant in uh, in Nanaimo. And he owns the building and uh, this needed a lot of renovations and uh, Dimitri and Edith took it on and uh, we've supported them. And uh, I think it's one of the most beautiful restaurants in Victoria right now. I love it. Yeah, this, is, this uh, is such uh, You a- think you're in a Greek island. Um, uh, it's clean. Everything is f- clean and done well. Um, the decor is beautiful and uh, the food is good.
0: <laughs> the food is more than good. That's not to say it's good. It's um, way more than good. Anyway. But yes, thank you, Maria. Thank, thank you for the time. You,
2: thank you. We wish everyone to, um, uh, a Merry Christmas. I guess we can start saying that shortly. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still going to uh, say that we should get out and support our local businesses, restaurants, and small small stores, because um, this COVID is not going to go away too, too, too soon. I hope it does, but you know, we all have to support each other and I'd like to, everyone to keep um, healthy and safe and well.
0: Beautifully said. Thank okay. you, Maria. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. And for anyone looking for what I'm doing, you can go to vicfoodguys.ca and uh, everything will be up there. Please give a like, subscription, like, comment, all that stuff on whatever you're consuming this on. And I will be back next Tuesday. Have a good day.